the victim of yesterday's deadly construction site accident. Oh, so, okay, okay, she's gonna be okay. A fundraiser to help her grieving family back in Mexico. Growing fears of gun violence. I think we're really lucky this time that we have that kind of footage to be able to see the reality of what's happening. With two terrifying targeted shootings in as many days, questions about lagging gang enforcement and learning a whole new school schedule. It's gonna be hard to deal with the early mornings. Surrey gets creative, staggering classes to deal with severe overcrowding. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at six. Good evening and thanks for joining us. The husband of the woman killed in a construction accident is speaking to Global News about the tragedy and the impact on their family. 41-year-old Eurelia Flores died when she was struck by falling debris. Troy Charles has more. After years of trying, in 2023, Eurelia Flores finally became a permanent resident of Canada. Her first job, a laborer at the Oak Ridge Park construction site. Tragically, it would be the only job Flores would work in Canada. On Wednesday, a load being suspended by a crane fell with debris striking part of the building, eventually landing on Flores, killing her. It was uh, instant death kind of thing, and I'm like, really? Daniel Hernandez has been Flores' common-law husband for eight years. They grew up together in Acapulco, Mexico. Hernandez came to Canada first, and Flores followed. Hernandez also works at the Oak Ridge site as a glazer. On Wednesday, he had finished work before Flores. She told him not to wait. Got the phone call, and then uh, it was kind of like tragic seeing my friend, like, not seeing but hearing him crying and then I'm like man like will tell me like if she okay she, I don't know I don't know nobody knows and oh, so okay okay she's gonna be okay she's gonna be okay gonna help right Flores has two children a daughter still in Mexico and a 16 year old son Diego who had come to live with the family in Surrey on Wednesday Hernandez had to pull Diego from his soccer practice to deliver the news. I always will uh, kind of have your back. And then he's like, yeah, but okay, well, where are we going, right? Oh, okay, well, don't worry, don't worry. You will find out, so turn, turn. And then we were just over here, and it's like, you know what, man? You won't be able to see your mom anymore. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, yes, that you won't be able to see your mom. Diego and his sister Ingrid have started a GoFundMe for their mom as they wish to bring her back to Acapulco to be laid to rest in her hometown. Yeah. Hernandez says he doesn't harbor any anger towards any individuals regarding the accident, but is hopeful his wife's death will be an eye-opener for workplace safety, as everyone deserves to make it home at the end of the day. Troy Charles, Global News. Law enforcement is facing some tough questions today. One day after that shocking shooting in White Rock, Ramina Dea has the details and the harrowing story of the homeowner who ended up with a shot-up vehicle and a victim in his backyard. More than 100 bullets sprayed. Four people injured. No one in custody. One day after gunmen opened fire with war zone style weapons in a quiet White Rock beachside neighborhood, residents wake up angry and frightened. One of the victims lay bleeding in this innocent bystander's backyard after a vehicle crashed through his fence. My brothers were sitting in the living room 
And then like those windows over here, what like the door over there, it's like straight to the living room. If it hit the, if the bullet hit like that door, it will go straight to the living room where my brothers are sitting. It could have hit one of them. They could have been killed. Yes, easily killed. When they're like just sitting having fun. Just fear for stray bullets. I just, you know, if we live around here, we walk around here. And I mean, I'm concerned, especially with how close it is to our neighborhood and how close it is to just a casual residential neighborhood. So there is a school down the road. RCMP highly aware of the public's concern. But at a news conference on another matter, they say they are making progress on organized crime. So we've got uh, a number of uh, illegal uh, firearms here. Multiple high-powered guns seized. More than 300,000 potentially deadly pills taken off the streets. Eight people charged, including one who was allegedly involved in a gang-related murder plot. These are the types of targets that uh, the federal policing program is focused on. As gunmen continue to spray bullets in broad daylight, residents across the Lower Mainland terrified. Innocent people will die. Illegal weapons trafficked into Canada, not only through the U.S. border. I would like to see more investment um, at all levels into our border integrity program. Yeah. In the millions of dollars? Uh, it will take millions of dollars, yes. At the federal government level, new uh, laws have been put in place to deal with these kinds of weapons. What we also want to see is stepped up uh, inspections uh, at our border crossings, more resources given to, to be able to intercept them. Back in White Rock, residents are bracing for potential retaliation. Safety risk because it could happen anywhere. Yeah, just shocked and, and concerned. Romina Dea, Global News. And yet another drive-by shooting, this one in Langley. Doorbell camera video of the incident was submitted to Global News. That call came in around 6.45 a.m. Officers responded to a home near 210th Street and 77th Avenue where they found evidence a shooting had taken place. No word yet on any possible motive for the shooting, but it's left residents on the block stunned and fearful. I missed it by seven minutes, so. How scary is that? Terrifying. Terrifying. I... Haven't been able to stop crying all day. Um, I had to call my mom, you know, let her know I was all right and, and all my friends and my family, but I, I can't stop thinking about what if I grabbed my coffee and, and took a couple extra minutes to do that? What if I stopped and uh, pet my cats before I left? Well, it could have been a different scene. No injuries have been reported. And the investigation is ongoing. Anyone with information, including dash cam video from that area, is asked to call Langley RCMP. RCMP in Richmond have arrested a man for attempted child luring. Police say the man contacted the child through Snapchat and arranged a meeting Wednesday evening at Steveston Community Park. The child's mother called RCMP, stopped the man from meeting her child, and then held him until police arrived. RCMP have not identified the suspect, but believe he may have been in contact with other children. They also believe he frequents parks in the Steveston area. A break in the weather has helped efforts to find a woman who's been missing on Vancouver Island for more than a week now. As Kylie Stanton reports, with more than 100 people unable to find a trace of Sarah Sherry, concern is growing for her well-being. Down through here. On the ground and finally by air. 
On day three of the search for a missing woman, crews are taking all the help they can get. We're really lucky today that the cloud cover lifted and we've been able to fly with both fixed wing and rotary wing in the area. Aerosmith, Nanaimo and Alberni Valley Search and Rescue are looking for 45-year-old Sarah Sherry, who was reported missing by her family last week. The last time we know that she entered into the logging division on the 15th and uh, has not come out. So Sherry is 5 feet 3 inches tall, 120 pounds, with blonde hair and green eyes. She is believed to have last been seen on surveillance video driving a grey 2017 Nissan Frontier pickup truck in the area of Highway 19 and Northwest Bay Logging Road just before 6.30 p.m. She was heading in the direction of the Mosaic Forest Management Compound, where teams are now focusing their efforts. Thousands, literally thousands of miles of roads. I believe there's a, that she could be out there and uh, to be as diligent as possible, we're thoroughly searching. Technology may play a role as well. Tracking cell phones is always an option we look into. From pinging and vehicle location devices to mapping techniques to track teams on the ground, it's helped to increase the overall success rate. But the number of calls only continue to climb. Our call volume has absolutely doubled in the last five years. And this year in, in specifics, the last three months are the busiest three months that uh, we, we've ever had. We've been involved in almost 30 operations in the last three months, which is uh, at 300% growth over the last three years. It's, uh, it's getting phenomenally busy. Still, crews plan to ramp up the search here over the weekend, taking advantage of the empty logging roads while asking the public that may be recreating in the backcountry to keep an eye out in hopes of bringing Sherry home. Well, obviously looking for the quickest result that we can, but you know we are definitely looking to, uh, to keep going. Cody Stanton, Global News. If you drive a gas-powered vehicle, you might want to fill up your tank tonight. Alyssa Tebow is in Burnaby for us. And Alyssa, we've had relatively good prices for a while. What's changing? Chris, it is demand and the time of year. And yes, to drivers, particularly in the lower mainland, we've been seeing prices as low as $1.65 recently. Right now here at this gas station on Low Heat Highway, $1.86, and it is going to go up even higher. So expect to be paying over $2 a litre in the coming days. Experts say a reason demand is up right now is that refineries are going through a seasonal maintenance cycle. Now that causes shutdowns for two or three weeks while they switch over to the summer fuel blends. And that is impacting supply right across the Pacific Northwest. We spoke to an expert about where he expects prices to go over the next few days. And we also put the question to Premier David Eby if he would consider removing the gas tax here in BC. Buy only what you need for now. Uh, we could see a little slight decrease come Sunday of about two cents a litre. So today's $1.88.9 Metro Vancouver going up to $1.90.9 Saturday, coming down likely two cents on Sunday. Uh, that'll remain there until Wednesday, uh, at which point we'll have to see whether or not uh, there's going to be an increase or decrease. Uh, we've seen wild fluctuations in gas prices, and British Columbia is not alone in that. Uh, we have seen other provinces where they've taken taxes, in Alberta specifically, they took their taxes off their gas prices, and the gas companies just increased their prices right back to where they were uh, before the taxes were taken off. So they gave up all of that revenue to pay for things like transit and public services, and they didn't do anything other than increase the profits of the oil companies. 
And another thing to think about, Chris, the federal gas tax is increasing this spring. That's going to be climbing by another 3.7 cents a litre from April 1st. Chris. Mm. April Fool's Day. And the timing is always uh, worthy of a chuckle. Thanks very much, Alyssa. We appreciate it. Well, this weekend is very special to all of us here at Global BC, but it's even more special to children across this province with disabilities and complex health care needs. Sunday is the Variety Show of Hearts Telethon, an opportunity to meet some of the kids and the families that Variety supports and see your donor dollars in action. All through the news hour, White Spot restaurants will be matching donations and doubling your impact. So please, if you can, give now at variety.bc.ca or call 310-KIDS. BC's second biggest city feeling virtually ignored in the provincial budget. In the uh, budget, all we saw was re-announcements. With very little spending allocated to Surrey, why the government might be holding back until much closer to the election. That's next on the News Hour. BC's best converge on Lataco Quinal for the Winter Games. What this event means for the local First Nation hosting it. Plus, I started writing, my hand kept on slipping everywhere, and I didn't know what was happening. How Variety is supporting a young girl with a disorder that affects the body's movement and coordination, and how your donations helped her. Right now, though, Thursday's provincial budget included nearly $90 billion in spending, but it didn't include money for several big-ticket projects. However, as Richard Zussman reports, the government spending spree is far from over, and voters can expect a string of announcements before the official kickoff of the fall election campaign. Reading the BC budget, it would be hard to tell Surrey is BC's fastest growing community, let alone a major priority for the province. We are soon going to be one million people, and when you put that into perspective, we do not have the infrastructure. Mayor Brenda Locke on Friday expressing her frustration. No new funding for a tower at Surrey Memorial, no new funding for buses in the community, and no new money for new schools, for a city bursting at the seams. There is a sea of portables out here, and kids are needing schools, and they need them now. So that was uh, disappointing. The key could be buried deep in the budget. More than $3.7 billion this year earmarked for emergencies through contingency funding. But if there are no emergencies, it could be used to sway voters. Plus, capital funding can always get through Treasury Board, meaning those Surrey schools and much more will still be coming. The money's there. So there's a process that people have to go through when, they're, when the ministries go through, when they're applying for things, whether it's schools, hospitals. I mean, there's con concern about the cancer center in Kamloops, it's there. This new fire escape of the legislature has gone way over budget. The provincial budget also revealed that public projects like schools, hospitals and roads have also been more expensive than expected. There's supply chain issues that are still happening. There's labor issues that we're having, so we're trying to get more people into British Columbia. Our immigration has been substantial. The new Surrey Hospital originally set to cost a little more than $1.7 billion. Now that's more than $2.8 billion, up 67%. 
the new Dawson Creek Hospital, originally 378 million, now 590. The hospital Williams Lake, up from 218 to 367 million, and the Cowichan District Hospital, up 866 million dollars to 1.5 billion, up 63 percent. There's no private sector discipline and rigor in terms of how they're, how they're procuring the project and, and, then, and then getting the, the project to move forward. There's also the issue of approvals and permitting, where government delays are leading to millions more in overruns. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. And here's why people are so concerned about schools. It's not even spring yet, but some parents in Surrey are already questioning what their children's education will look like in the fall. To deal with overcrowding, the board is extending the day at five high schools. But as Catherine Urquhart reports, no one is sure what that means for the kids. As the Surrey School District continues to face overcrowding, it's extending schedules at five secondary schools. Beginning this fall, those schools include Grandview Heights, Fleetwood Park, Quantlet Park, Lord Tweedsmere, and Tamanawa Secondary. It's going to be hard to deal with the early mornings, if you've got sports practices, if you've got uh, to deal with getting yourself to work and getting your kids to school. It's estimated the longer days will increase capacity at each of the five schools by 10 to 15 percent. There are now more than 360 portables being used in the district. They may start maybe half an hour earlier and go half an hour later, but each school will look at that and determine uh, you know, exactly what it's going to look like for them. The Surrey Teachers Association says it's unclear how it will work, and they have other concerns. Teachers are also parents, and teachers have children in school. And when you've scheduled your whole, your, your whole life around um, a, a regular school day, it would upend a whole bunch of planning. The district says it will try to accommodate kids with previous commitments, such as ones involving sports teams. It's kind of the best of some of not great options. Um, I know that there was consideration for year-round school. That has um, additional impacts, and so this is not a fantastic situation for really anyone. A decision on extending hours at two additional schools, Fraser Heights and Salish, will be made in May. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. Just ahead, letting go of links. How the low-cost airline became the latest to crash out of business. Later. These are some of the many donors who have been supporting the Variety Show of Hearts campaign. And we want to thank White Spot for their generous matching donations. So Valerie Newsom from Langley, Anderson Liu from Vancouver, Deb and Dale Janowski from Kamloops, thank you so much for donating to Variety. Just call 310KIDS right now and you can join this caring community of donors. Much more still to come here on the NewsHour. All right, even though Lynx Air is relatively a small player, its decision to shut down leaves the Canadian airline industry with one less contender. That presents an opportunity for its rivals, including Flair Airlines and WestJet, which are already offering deals to affected travelers. And Gaviola reports. Lynx Air adds its name to the long list of grounded airlines across Canada. Analysts say it's not a surprise because making a go of it as a discount carrier isn't easy. It's been rumored for a while now 
The airline industry in Canada is under a lot of pressure from high aviation fuel prices, from high airport fees, from regulations around passengers, which is great for passengers, but makes it harder to make a buck. A look inside Lynx's financial black box shows the weight of its financial burdens. I've gone through the financials and the bankruptcy filing, and there are some big debts in there. There are outstanding payables to airports, to the government, to the technical operations providers, so it's not a pretty picture. Lynx flight attendants had just joined the Canadian Union of Public Employees on February 7th. A QP spokesperson tells Global News work is underway to ensure employees get everything they're legally entitled to. And last year, its pilots joined ALPA, the largest pilots union in the world setting the stage for higher labor costs on top of everything else. On the one hand, I'm concerned about the lessening of competition in the airline industry in Canada. On the other hand, Lynx has not been a great airline, partly because of the pressure from Air Canada and WestJet. Flair Airlines and WestJet have offered recovery flights and discounts on Lynx routes to those now scrambling to make alternate travel plans. Lynx's pending demise leaves the Canadian airline landscape with one less player, highlighting how difficult it is for smaller players to get off the ground. Look at you know, Porter's massive expansion. WestJet back in 1996 started up with three airplanes and they've got a very large fleet today. So it is possible, but it's not for the uh, faint of heart. Anne Gaviola, Global News, Toronto. A real estate data platform says Vancouver is less than 50 cents from having the most expensive hotel rooms in Canada. According to CoStar, the average daily hotel room rate in Vancouver is $203.27. That's just 43 cents less than the average room in Toronto. In comparison, the average daily cost of a room in Edmonton is about $137. Vancouver is struggling with a significant hotel room shortage that's driving up the cost of available rooms. Destination Vancouver estimates the city will need 10,000 new hotel rooms by 2050 just to meet demand. National Pharmacare gets closer to the finish line. The deal that would cover everything from contraception to diabetes drugs, next. It's time for the Variety Show of Hearts Telethon. Help transform the lives of BC kids on February 25th. Special appearances by Natalie Portman, Tom Cochran, Seth Rogen, and more. Visit variety.bc.ca. Our list of Variety donors continues to grow, and you can join them by taking advantage of a generous matching donation during the news hour from White Spot Restaurants. So thanks very much to Rhonda Morley from Victoria, Dean Tanaka from Burnaby, and Clark and Sherry Petty from Vernon, and everyone else on that list. Please, if you can, donate to Variety right now and then join us on Sunday for the telethon. Some big news today out of Ottawa. The New Democrats say they've reached a deal with the Liberals to introduce the first piece of a national pharmacare program. The deal includes full coverage for contraceptives in line with what's already covered here in BC, which includes IUDs and emergency contraception. It also includes all insulin for type 1 and type 2 diabetes as well as additional diabetes drugs and a fund for supplies like glucose monitoring. The deal is a critical piece of the supply and confidence agreement between the two parties, and it comes ahead of a March 1st deadline to table legislation. An NDP spokesperson confirms the deal, but says some final details might still be worked out over the weekend. 
So Variety helps kids with disabilities and complex health needs anywhere in the province. Children like Gianna. Everything was going well with her development until suddenly it wasn't. The family didn't know where to turn and that's when Variety, the children's charity, stepped in. I couldn't tie my shoes. I couldn't get myself dressed. I couldn't cut my own food. Nine-year-old Gianna remembers some of the frightening circumstances that eventually led her to a developmental coordination disorder or DCD diagnosis. I was just a normal average child in school. The next day I woke up, I was trying to get myself ready. My shirt got stuck. I couldn't do up the buttons to my shirt. I went to school and I started writing. My hand kept on slipping everywhere and I didn't know what was happening. What was happening was dyspraxia, a relatively common disorder that affects the body's movement and coordination. And almost overnight, it had begun to rob Gianna of her motor skills, leaving her... Scared and confused. You have to do all of them, okay? Unfortunately, for Gianna and others like her, there is no cure for dyspraxia. It's a chronic condition that can require a lot of physiotherapy to combat. Physiotherapy has been a lifesaver. Um, when we notice a small regression happening, um, we can bump up her physiotherapy so she'll be going daily. The cost of which is substantial. But that's where Variety, the children's charity, has been able to step in and help by providing vital access to physiotherapy for Gianna's family, ensuring she gets the treatment she needs. Without this support, we would have had to gone into debt or take out loans to cover the physiotherapy programs that Gianna is taking every week. A nice straight body. Programs that have changed this young girl's life. I can tie a balloon, I can tie my shoes, I can ride a bike. Uh, I can do all this stuff now that I couldn't do before. And because Gianna will continue to need physio sessions as she grows up, her message to those watching the Variety Show of Hearts telethon is simple. Please donate to Variety. They have helped me out a lot and they can help out other kids too. Because she knows firsthand that every gift matters and can make a difference for a child. Go get them, Gianna. We're all so proud of you. And right now across BC, there are almost 600 children like Gianna who are waiting for support from Variety with 50 to 60 new requests every week. Your donations can ensure these kids get the support they need. So if you can, please donate now. And remember, your impact is doubled thanks to that matching donation tonight from White Spot. Still ahead, BC's best at the Lataco Quinell Winter Games. Everyone's just super stoked about this event happening this weekend. What it means to host the whole province. Plus, tough love from Coach Tockett for the slumping Vancouver Canucks. Huge thank you again to White Spot for their matching donations. We're making sure that all of your donations that you see on the screen are being doubled. That means that Rodney and Pam Carr from Prince George, for instance, your donation of $100 becomes $200. Keith and Julie Howitt, yours is doubled. And you can double your impact on kids across BC if you call right now, 310-KIDS-5437. All right, Christy is standing by with a look at the weather as we head into the weekend. And for some people, it's going to get cold.
Yes, we've got a big drop in temperature expected all across the province this weekend. And we've got a very rare snow squall warning in place right now for southern BC Peace River area. So you can see these snow squalls developing right now. Fort St. John, Dawson Creek, all the way down towards Tumbler Ridge as well. So we're expecting this impact to continue this evening. What you can expect is brief downpours of really intense uh, snowfall. And it's basically a thunderstorm. This is an image from Fort St. John. David, thanks for sharing that photo with us. Basically, this is a thunderstorm cloud that will just produce an intense amount of snowfall. And he said that afterwards, that's exactly what happened. Complete whiteout. So if you're traveling in that area, make sure you're aware. Don't forget, you can send in your videos and photos at weatherwindow at globaltv.com. It's great to get your video because we would love to see the downpours of snowfall that you're seeing, for example, in the BC Peace River area. We had this beautiful shot of fog from this morning, and I'm expecting that to redevelop in a lot of areas and likely see you likely saw that uh, in and around Lionsgate Bridge for tomorrow. We're expecting, though, cloud and just a few showers. The main event will be on Sunday. We're expecting heavy snowfall for the mountain passes. That's exactly what we need. We need snow for the mountains. So the special weather statement is in place because we're expecting that snowfall. But expect snow on the mountain passes all weekend. It's just that Saturday it will be a little bit lighter compared to Sunday. That's when we're expecting more substantial snow. So lighter precipitation across the region tomorrow. There's a look at the showers for the Vancouver Island. For our region, mostly dry tomorrow. We'll start to see a few showers potentially towards the afternoon and evening hours. Here's tonight's center, or no, this is not. This is your five-day forecast. Big drop in temperature expected on Monday. Still the potential for snow on Tuesday. This is tonight's central windows weather window. From Pender Hill, Garden Bay, this was from yesterday evening, our afternoon evening. Brian sharing that photo with us. Just stunning with the double rainbow. Okay, Chris, back to you. That is beautiful. Thanks very much, Christy. All right, so BC's best young winter sports athletes are in the Caribou this week for the BC Winter Games. The event is co-hosted by the city of Quesnel and the Lataco Dene First Nation. And RJ Durant is there talking to Chief Clifford Lebrun about what it means to welcome athletes and spectators from all around BC. Nearly two years of preparation for four incredible days of competition. I'm here with Lataco Dene Chief Clifford Lebrun. Clifford, a lot of hard work has gone into this. How excited is the community that it's finally here? I think, yeah, you can almost feel the excitement level everywhere. Everyone's just super stoked about this event happening this weekend and proudly, they're very proud too to be part of it and not just in the name and tokenism, it's an actual part. We are financial contributors, we have a lot of volunteers here, and of course we have a couple of people on the board that are doing the heavy lifting for us. This is the easy part. Yeah, let's talk about that partnership that you touched on here and how the games came about. Um, it was just a random idea. They asked us uh, at first if we'd be interested in co-hosting and I was like, yeah, but we want to be involved, like a real partner, not just uh, have our flag out and be around and look nice and all that. So we wanted to be part of it and we are, we fulfilled that. So, And that's like something for the whole community to be proud of, right from the youth to the elders. So. To recognize the organizing committee, the volunteers, the coaches, but this is about the athletes. What does this weekend mean to them? Um, it should mean a lot. Like, you know, this is going to be something they're going to talk about for the rest of their life. 
this experience and we want to make it as memorable as possible. We have a function up at our longhouse in Powell Arbor on Saturday and yeah you guys should come up there and check that out as well. Uh, just to give everyone a little feel, uh, taste if you will of our culture and just understand who we are a little bit. Tell our story. Thank you very much, Clifford. We appreciate it. It's been an incredible couple of days so far, and we're only halfway there. Still, two formal days of competition coming up this weekend. It's going to be a great weekend. Thanks very much, Jay. Thanks, Chief LeBron. Let's bring in Squire now for a look ahead to uh, sports. And we can say it officially, it, it's a slump. Yes, it is. We have now reached that level. <laughs> or gone down to that level. Now, last night's 5-2 loss in Seattle made Rick Tockett very unhappy with this team that, as we just said, has now lost four in a row. But we've had some four or five guys of no-shows here at four or five games, and they got to pick it up. they got to do something. He's not mentioning names, but they did practice today, trying to get ready for a visit by the Boston Bruins tomorrow afternoon. Also tonight... That was a little... Uh, yeah, I wasn't ready for that. Stick around for satellite debris. all going so good there for the Canucks for a while. Well, the good news is mm -hmm. they do have a big cushion to fall on. That is true. It's not like they're, you know, near the playoff bar. They're still way up there, so they've got a lot of altitude. They can dive a little bit. Uh, this four-game losing streak, though, is giving some citizens of Canucks Nation flashbacks to recent years where losing streaks were as expected as rain is in Vancouver. But this is the season of eternal sunshine. Until, of course, this week, where things have gone a bit cloudy. And last night's loss in Seattle has Vancouver looking like it might be out of gas. And maybe that's a legit excuse, considering how many games the Canucks have squeezed in of late. And it's four straight losses for Vancouver. The Canucks have walked the walk pretty much all season long, backing up their talk as a team that comes ready to play every night with tenacity and enthusiasm. And it's gotten them perched atop the Western Conference. But they've lacked energy, focus, and wins the past week, going 0 for 4 in their first real slump of the NHL season. But we can't keep saying while well, we're still in first place. I mean, we've got to make a little bit of a stand. So uh, we just got to make sure that we, we get out of it by playing the right way. Whether we win or lose, if you play the right way, you have a better chance of winning. When the Canucks are at their best, they are coming in waves, aggressive on the forecheck, forcing turnovers, and turning them into goals. But they've had an exhaustive schedule since the All-Star break. Ten games in just a 16-day span. We, we train all summer to be ready to go for the whole season, so I think as a group, you know, we got to put what's uh, happened behind us right now. we got to put our next foot forward here and get to work again. You know, you got to learn to play tired. That's a, that's a big, big thing, uh, what good teams will do. You know, there's going to be some games when you're tired, you have to play smart. Short shifts, play predictable hockey, uh, you know, stick to your staples. I think we got off everything. It must be noted the Canucks were on a ridiculous 13-1-3 run before this four-game losing streak. All of the top teams in the league have gone through this and rebounded. So better this happens now than, say, April 20th.
when playoffs start. Right now, I think we're we're a little bit slow. Uh, um, not the. I think uh, five on five, we had some good uh, good stints during the during this road trip. But uh, I think uh, we got to put a 60-minute effort out there. The Vancouver Whitecaps have a new captain, and it's the man you'd expect to be the leader. He is, after all, their best player. Ryan Gold is now officially the captain, and the decision that management and coaching staff made was one that they knew every Whitecaps player would be happy with and respect. As we said, Ryan Gold is the man with the best resume for the job. Yeah, we always say that the team is the leader and um, we need a captain that uh, embodies the fact that the team is the leader and, you know, I don't think there's a team player that is better than Ryan, that uh, uh, even though he's probably the guy with uh, the highest quality on the field, he always put himself at the service of the team, not the other way around. We've got a group of guys um, from last year and this year that you know, it's not just one person making the decision, it's it's a group and um, there's loads of people to, to bounce ideas off and, and conversations. So it's not uh it's not gonna be just me, you know, there's there's loads of boys in there that are leaders in their own way and um, we'll go forward as a group. Rugby Sevens weekend started today. In Did it? Yes, and Canada <laughs> was taking on the number one team on the men's side, Argentina. But look at that great pass right here by Phil Burner. Look at that. The Jack Carson, as Canada led, surprisingly, 10-7. But very late in the game, Rodrigo Isgro, who was the Rugby Sevens Player of the Year last year, gets Argentina the winning point. So 12-10, Argentina beats Canada. Uh, Canadian women 1-1 one one after they, they shut out Great Britain 38-0. This is Canada's Hallie Clark, and this is the final run at the Skeleton World Championship this morning in Germany. Now, she won the junior title on the same track last year, got off to a great start, and it's the key part of going down the hill head first is getting a great start. And she won gold, youngest world champion ever. She hadn't hit the podium this year. Look at the way she finishes. Whoa! Wow. But that's still a golden way to finish. Still smiling. Still smiling. She's got the gold medal. She has the appropriate flag. Yeah. Everything is good. Oh, the uh, NFL raised its uh, salary cap now by about $30 million, $30.6 million because per of the revenue. Yes, it's up to 255.4, which means because of that, the Seahawks are now back underneath the salary cap. Ah. There you go. Be able to make some investments. All right, thanks very much, Squire. We'll be back with Satellite Debris next. Jordan Armstrong is standing by with a look ahead to what's coming up on Global News at 11. Jordan. Chris, more tonight on what's fueling the recent wave of shootings. We'll hear from an expert on the local gang conflict. Plus, one ferry broken, another in refit, and you get a busy night at Tawasin Terminal. If you don't have a reservation, don't even try driving on tonight. All reservable space between Tawasin and Sports Bay was spoken for by 5 o'clock. At 11 tonight, one BC Ferries hopes to have the broken vessel back in service. Chris? Let's hope that's soon. Thanks very much, Jordan. And we'll bring Squire back in for satellite debris now, Squire. Now, of course, um, last week we showed you some of the uh, Super Bowl commercials you might not have seen up here in Canada. Uh, mm -hmm. One of them was a commercial for Dunkin' Donuts, which featured Ben Affleck and <laughs> Matt Damon and Jennifer Lopez and Tom Brady. Here's another part of what they did. It was just Brady, Affleck and Damon. And after that, 
a commercial for drumsticks. Not these, but the ones you eat. Matt, you play high school football? No, no, no. Oh, come on. Don't, don't. Inflate his ego this like that's good. That's talent. All right, just let, doing me, a lot let me of get here in high school, right? Yeah. Let me get a few. Maddie, step out, step out. All right. All right. Let's start slow. Tommy, gun one in here, baby. Come on. Don't do me like that. What, you want harder? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I want like the, not like the mat, no offense, but I want the. <laughs> and we give it to me, gun it at. See oh, that? Wait, wait, I throw is, it with heat. Back up you if you need to, right? And then just lay it in here. Back oh, Throw it. Hide. Gun it at me. Come on, baby. Hide, brother. Please don't. For real. Touchdown. How hard. Touchdown style. All right. That was a little. All right, yeah, I wasn't ready for that. I was 36,000 feet in the air when. Uh, Excuse me, is there a doctor on the plane? I'm a doctor. The name's Umstick. Doctor Umstick. Get my bag, stat. Hmm. Sweet, creamy relief. Am I gonna be okay? I have no idea. I'm not a body doctor. What? Where did you all get those? Can somebody help me? I'm sorry about him. Another day, another drumstick. Dr. Umstick. Dr. Umstick. I'll never look at it the same way again. All right. Um, here is one for uh, Popeye's chicken. Ooh. You're freezing me. That means... Yes. There's a better chicken wing. Popeyes. The sailor man? No. The chicken place. Crispy. Juicy. What else have we done? I mean, man. There's a lot. There's a lot that's been going on. Turn down for what? Mm, here we go. Two dogs in one? Impossible! A pack? Boy, your fanny? Genius! What the f? <laughs> Come to Papa! Yay, yay, yay! We did it! The wait is over. Papa's finally has wings. Love that chicken from Papa! I love Dr. Ken. He can make you laugh, and if he needs to, he can help you medically as well. He is <laughs> a doctor. True. That's true. Uh, okay, so last but not least, uh, old favorite from E-Trade. Uh, they found me. Nice suits. You guys blend right in. The world needs you back. I'm retired, Greg. You know this. People have their money just sitting around doing nothing. That's bad. They shouldn't do that. They're getting crushed by inflation. Well, I feel for them. They're taking financial advice from memes. I'll get my onesies. Good to have you back, old friend. Yeah, eyes on the road, Benny. Welcome to a new chapter in investing. E-Trade, now from Morgan Stanley. I miss the E-Trade baby. Yeah, well, the great thing is you can always find another baby that kind of looks like the old E-Trade baby. <laughs> That's true. And now with AI, who so knows, So that they don't right? get older. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, listen, we've got some stuff we want to share about our Show of Hearts campaign. And now is the first total for 2024. So we want to thank you for your donations. Variety can now provide support for 142 more kids 
and BC families with over $355,000 in donations. That's an incredible start. And if you haven't had the chance to donate, now is a great time to do it because White Spot Restaurants is going to continue to match donations until the end of the news hour, which is about a minute and 10 seconds from now, or maybe 50 seconds from now. So please go to variety.bc.ca or call 310KIDS right now. Thank you so much again to White Spot and to everybody who called. And we hope you'll join us for the big telethon as well on Sunday from 1 until 5.30. We're going to be live at Lonsdale Key. So it'll be fun this uh, weekend, this year. Again, let's hope for decent weather, but I got a feeling we're probably going to get rained on. Christy, you got the details. Well, there's a chance, actually, that the rain could push out just in time, so you could catch some beautiful sunny breaks mm. in behind you at the Lonsdale Key there. So fingers crossed that that is the case, Chris, but it will be windy. And maybe double rainbows, too, once the clouds yeah. part. Thanks for watching, everybody. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you then.